Man, the Super Mario Brothers movie was so bad. I mean, it's not even, like, funny bad, like Street Fighter the movie. It's just, what what the fuck were they even thinking? Well, they were going very literal with the game manual. But they were also like, well, this whole jumping on top of turtles thing, and it doesn't really work in the real world, so we have to change that. And The flamethrowers! I mean, they, they just, yeah, they went from fireballs to flamethrowers. They, they found ways to make every single part of that movie fit into a real world. Just, just like, you know, jumping on blocks is they have jump boots. People can't jump four times their height. They need rocket boots. <laughs> and you could see how, what the logic was, and it was like, no, no, look at what you just made. Look, Listen to what you just said. <laughs> Mario, 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 and Luigi Mario. I think it's been established that that movie is the only piece of Mario fiction that has ever insisted that their last names were Mario, because I, I'm pretty sure that is not canon. <laughs> Shot from a cannon? Shot from the cannon. And then people go, well, what is their last names? And why are they called the Mario Brothers then? And then Nintendo's just like, shh, don't think about it. That's just the play answer. the game and enjoy the jump button. You know, you know, be as fireball A as jump. It's just a game. You should really just relax. It's me, Mario. So we're looking for guests for Sonic cartoons? We're looking for people for Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons. Uh, Sadam and uh, Adventures of. Uh, I hate Sadam. Neil, do you hate Sadam? Sure. Serious Sonic has to go. Attitude, chili dogs. No, that, that's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, Sonic should never take itself that seriously. I mean, so we're looking for guests for Sonic episodes in the upcoming future. We're not going to do Sonic Underground because that doesn't even worth an episode. So no Sonic Underground, just just Sonic uh, Sad Am, which is overrated, and Adventures of, which is crap, but at least I knew, knew it was crap. So, yeah, so just contact us. When when you think of Sonic's voice, because when I think of Mario's voice, I think of the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. When I think of Sonic's voice, I always hear Urkel. Mm. You? Yeah, I guess. I, I try or, you, not... or, or, or you try as hard as possible to say, Sonic is mute, damn it. Yeah, yeah, Sonic doesn't have a voice. Yeah, because I saw how they portrayed that in Sonic Generations. I'm like, well, yes, this is the way it's supposed to be. What was it like in Sonic Generations? Old original Sonic was mute, and new Sonic is all attitude. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely got it right. And you were you were 100 yeah. Yeah, it's like wait, Sonic was awesome when he was cute. <laughs> Maybe this whole attitude thing was wrong. And they did the thing where if you're playing as classic Sonic and you save one of Sonic's friends, they're like, oh, you're you're a little shorter, or did you gain weight? Because <laughs> he's tubby. <laughs> He's cute. Yeah. It's like whenever you save Knuckles or Amy. What I love is is it's not classic Amy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good thing. They they should never bring back classic Amy. That's the one design change that I think uh should stick. You, you like the you like the bowl cut hair and the uh and the pink dress. <laughs> She's actually really fun playable, by the way. Oh yeah, where she has the hammer. Yeah. Yeah, she's if you if you can get your mind out of Sonic mode, she's pretty easy to use. But well, actually, she 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 handles pretty fast. I know, but like she, the way she attacks enemies is completely different. You don't just smash into enemies. You have to when you jump, you have to remember to swing the hammer, and it well, screws actually, it second, screws me up for like the first ten minutes of playing, and then I get used to it. In, in the in the second advanced game, they fixed that where she could do the jump and the hammer. Mm. 
you don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. I don't think I got that far into the game. Well, well, I think I think it, what happened was the Sega's like, wait a minute, she's a hedgehog too. Shouldn't she be able to do the same basic moves as Sonic and have a hammer? Yeah, because she didn't spin dash in the first one. She just ran and just, Yeah, she just did a. No, she did like a dash move where it just she kind of like leapt forward and that went into a full run. Yeah, what they did in the in the second one is they they basically gave her the spin dash and the ball jump. Oh, okay. With the hammer moves, because like 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 I said, they figured out. Wait a minute, she's a hedgehog too. She can technically do the same moves. She's just not as fast as Sonic. Because even Cream the Rabbit was doing those moves. Yeah. That is the funniest name for a for a Sonic character, Cream the Rabbit. Yeah. It sounds like it's the thing you would say if you hit like a rabbit on the road. It's like, oh man, I just creamed that rabbit. <laughs> but yeah, Sonic with attitude. I think what happened is that Sega of Japan saw the US commercials so they just gave Sonic a tude or they could have they could have watched the uh, Sadam you know what at the beginning of Sonic Generations new Sonic and all of his friends are having a picnic and he's eating a chili dog god damn it <laughs> The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, this is your host, Ben, joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neal. Hey, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. And we have with us our favorite guest, Kitty Hawk. Butterfly. <laughs> Tonight we are continuing our look at the Shonen Jump manga turned anime with Ruoni Kenshin, which is known in some uh, Latin American markets as Samurai X. Because he's got an X on his face, don't you get it? And he isn't even in a samurai. <laughs> well, like, he was like a ron. Well, not technically a ronin. He was a samurai of sorts. It's I mean, it's more of a nobility thing, isn't it? Like yet be born into a samurai family, like yeah, technically. But like people were taken up as samurai like all the time because they'd be like, yeah, you're a pretty good swordsman. Yeah, you're totally my son. <laughs> you know that that sort of thinking. Also during uh during like the Meiji Restoration, the war that came before it, uh, I don't think they really cared if people were samurai. They were more like, yeah, let's just. Let's just modernize this country. We'll just use whoever we can get. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Ruoni Kenshin is the manga by uh, by mangaka uh, Nobuha Watsuki, who mm. is actually one of my favorites. Maybe not the best artist, maybe not the best writer, but his openness and candid- candidness about his work and his own shortcomings, or what he perceives as his own shortcomings, makes him a favorite for me because... Because every chapter he has like a little paragraph he always talks about, well, this is why I intended, but I failed, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I remember reading his notes, and uh, they were always like, oh, my God, I totally failed at this. I even read like his uh, notes on the ending of the series, and he was like, 
Yeah, it got totally serious, but then I realized it was for teenagers, so I totally made it lighthearted. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All the, right. Well, I love is how he always drew himself with, with the swirly eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, and I remember he wore a hat, too, if I recall. Yeah, he wore he wore one of those fishing hats, which yeah. isn't for fishing. I, I, I forgot the name of the hat, but you know the hat. Yeah, I know exactly what kind of hat. That floppy hat. And and you know, there's just so much influence in this in this manga that you know this guy is clearly a fan of of Marvel. Yeah. This guy is clearly a fan of past work. This guy is is an honest, uh, hardworking guy, and he inadvertently created one of the worst tropes in Shonen Jump. Well, what's that? No more killing the bad guy. No. He didn't. I don't think he came up with no more killing the bad guy. Well, he kind of did because because before him, you know, even even in early Dragon Ball, Goku was killing the bad guy, and then the and Saints, yeah. yeah, people were dying like crazy. And uh, you know, in other early series, there was lots of death. I mean, uh, in City Hunter, uh, you know, Mister Seiba okay. shot shot people in the head. Okay, not necessarily because I will say that Nyamcha was originally a bad guy in Dragon Balls in Dragon Ball. And he was turned into a hero. And I mean, there were several other examples. It's actually part of the Shonen Jump charter that friendship is one of the big things. Like there's like the three tenets of Shonen Jump and I forgot what they are, but well, that's, friendship that's, is one of them. That's true. But, you know, K- Kenshin's vow to not kill is clearly a character driven. thing. Oh, no, no, no. Great, no, no works, I agree on that. It works great for him. But when you get into other series past Kenshin, like you get to... Uh, you get to uh, bleach, and uh, you know, you know, they're really careful with Ichigo. Ichigo never really outright kills somebody. Oh well, I'll, yeah, I'll agree that like after Kenshin, there was like a tendency not to kill as many of the villains. Like, but I, and it's, it, it, it doesn't really start with him. But I will say that yeah, I agree that like everything past Rurouni Kenshin, I have noticed that they don't really kill the bad guys anymore. And, which... uh, and Naruto is infamously bad about this. You have you have a series about, and we'll cover this in the Naruto episode, you have a series about ninja villages of ninja mercenary armies, and the main character <laughs> has, a, has a kill count of zero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I, I honestly don't think that that's actually... Well, okay, it might be a, a, a like because of Rurouni Kenshin, but I will also say that there was a big shakeup in Japan. I remember in the beginning of the early aughts, there was like a terrorist attack, not just 9-11, but there was one in Japan, I believe. Are and you I remember about the the bio, biological weapon in the in the subway? Might, did that one occur then or was that early? Well, but anyway, I remember Clamp actually got told that they couldn't finish X because it was too violent for the magazine it was in. And I remember there was a lot of people, a lot of manga artists who were told to tone down their series just because violence was being frowned upon. So maybe there's a little bit of the Roroni Kenshin, like, you know, let's reform our enemies or like, let's not kill them. But there was also a tendency like towards let's make this a little bit more friendly. Like, I remember that happening and I remember being kind of pissed off because I was like, what? No, let's not let's not give in to the terrorists. Let's have our blood and guts and violence in our car in our cartoons. That's true. And uh, but I love Kenshin because Kenshin starts really lightheartedly. You know, the first yeah. in the in the in the anime, I have to say, 
I hate freckles, all versions of it. The <laughs> Japanese version is comes off as I know I don't listen to much Japanese music, but the Japanese version comes off as slightly off tune. But the American version by Sandy Fox is worse. Sandy Fox. <laughs> the only version of Freckles I actually like is the one from freaking DDR. Well, I actually like the music from Kenshin. Um, I remember like I like the I, music, music, but Freckles is terrible. Okay, Fre- Freckles. If I remember that one, how's it go again? Uh, let me. Da 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 da. I brush against the freckles that I hate. It's all alike. I have the inter- I have the internet. Why am I asking these questions? <laughs> I'm not listening to the English version. Screw that. Yeah, screw that. Uh, Your ears will bleed. This isn't. Oh wait, no, no. This is the opening. Yeah, the opening. Yeah. Okay. This is the first opening. Yeah. Yes, it is. I love the opening. I just don't like the sound of freckles. It's but uh. I, I, well, okay, I agree. I just listened to the English version for some goddamn reason. All the the videos are for the English version, uh, but I actually like I liked all the music in it. I thought it was I liked all the happy chirpy music. I liked all the sad music too. I and, do like I do like the music music. I mean the the yeah. I like the fact that in season one there's lots of jazz. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I season two, like... I season two, I like a lot better because I like the piano pieces. I mean, the season oh, two yeah. Ronnie Kenshin soundtrack was my listening soundtrack for long drives for like four years. Oh no, no, I actually used to listen to that all the time. Like especially on rainy days, it was like perfect. Uh, but I actually like all of the pop music too. Uh, it's really, it's extremely '90s as hell. So it's <laughs> kind of that chirpy happiness that I that I dig. The second season opening, the Kyoto arc opening, half is my favorite opening because it, it sounds a lot better, you know. Yeah, Kyoto. Let's see here. Let's half, see you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Neil hasn't seen much Kenshin yet. No, not really. What? Well, because Kenshin is the one time, you know, Neil has a thing about, you know, if, if there's a dub, he'll watch the dub, damn it. And... The dub of Kenshin is not one I would recommend for watching. Oh, well, I actually was watching the dub for the uh, second OVA uh, oh, reflection. And the only reason I did that was because I knew I was not going to pay attention enough to read, in, to, to read the subs. Because I, I, I remember I, I, I recalled watching it, but then as I watched it, I remember I recalled, oh, yeah, I only got like 10 or 15 minutes into this before I said, this is fucking bullshit. And, um... And stopped watching and read a synopsis. Yeah, to, to me, Kenshin is always that that oh no goofy goofy character who uh, who has a serious side. But you know, he it, yeah. it's the the fact that Nobara Watsuki called it a romantic comedy in the title sort of sort of yeah. showed what what he was going for when he did it. And uh, and you know, lots of the characters are great, and lo- most of the characters are actually based off of real assassins. And uh, and Shinsengumi members during the uh, during the uh, during that war. It's, it's oh yeah, 
Saito, who was my brother's favorite character, in fact, he's a like, real person. Yeah, I know, and that's so cool. And then um, I he, remember he, he died. Remember, he died when he was uh, he died as a security guard at a museum of an ulcer. Yep. Uh, oh, but uh, I remember they actually this this reminds me because like you know it is based on a real character, and you would think like. Oh, well, then people, if they were writing about Saito, they'd be writing about the real character, the the real person, right? No, I remember I got this um, manga for my brother for his birthday because I heard it was based on the Roroni Kenshin version of Saito. And it was a it was actually ended up being a Shonen Eye series. Oh, yeah. The, and I, I gave it to my brother. And my brother was like, this is this is Shonen Eye Kitty Hawk. And I was like. Whoopsie! Didn't mean to give you that. Oh well, I'll take. I'll take it. that back, right, yes. Kitty Hawk? Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's, I, uh... I, felt I really felt bad because I was like, I wanted to get you something with Saito. I didn't mean to give you like Saito getting it on with everyone on the Shinsengumi. Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> But uh, some some more background is is really the the fact that the that uh, the, the the history of Kenshin is Kenshin was was a was a hitokari which was basically a hitman mm-hmm. or a political group during during a uh, during a war a, a japanese civil war basically it was it was a great upheaval and uh and kenshin's job was basically to kill these high-ranking officials of of mm-hmm. the other side and and after the war was over he made a vow to never kill again and he carries what's called a sakabato which is a reverse blade sword where the blade is on the wrong end is on the wrong side, which is actually really difficult to forge, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to, you either have to uh, initially forge it with an extreme curve, the other direction, or you quench it in oil. It's uh, don't ask me how I know that, but I do know that. Whoa, that's awesome though. Yeah, well, actually, it's um, Rick Barrett made a uh, made a fully functioned sakamoto, and uh, he, awesome oh, swordsmith, yeah. by the way, uh, Rick Barrett, uh, BarrettCustomKnives.com, and. Uh, and uh, with the with Roni Kenshin, the whole idea is, you know, instead of slicing people to a horrible, horrible death with with a with a regular katana, he has the sakapato and he just inflicts massive blunt force trauma and makes <laughs> you were dead versus killing you. Exactly. And, and uh, Kenshin, in the very first chapter, in the very first pages, he comes across uh, Kamiya Karo, who is the owner of a uh, kendo dojo and uh, the assistant master. The only master, by the way, but uh, that's uh, yeah. And uh, she immediately challenges Kenshin to a match because she thinks he's responsible for killing the recent killings in town. And then it turns out that no, this is Goofy Kenshin. He jumps up and avoids her slash, bangs his head, and goes oh. <laughs> and you know she takes him in and uh, and he helps her around the house. He he cooks for her. He cleans for her. Partly because her cooking is terrible, and Kenshin goes out of the way to warn guests that her cooking tastes like mud. But he says eh. politely, which is hilarious. <laughs> and 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 uh, Karo is an interesting character because I think she's actually one of the better uh, shonen uh, female leads. Yeah, she's she's. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others, and like she actually gets into it herself, and also she's never like. She never is like pleading at Kenshin, even if like she's uh, been kidnapped. She's never like that. She's very strong. So I agree. Yeah, she's like one of the better Shonen Jump uh, female leads. Like Bulma, 
is the only other one I can really think off the top of my head, and she's friggin' annoying. Yeah, it, well, well, so with, is Chi-Chi. With, with Caro, though, Caro is uh, – and, and one thing that in, in amazes me is when I, I talk to Kenshin fans, and Kenshin fans, in the U.S. at least, always compared Caro to another certain female love interest. Oh, yes, Kaoru and Ekane, yeah. They are nothing alike. No, Akane only wishes it, she was like Caro because Caro is comfortable with herself. Yeah, Caro Ka- um, strikes me as like she's actually okay with who she is, whereas Akane just strikes me as, oh my God, there are some deep-seated issues. That insecure need to- as all hell. Like, uh, like seriously, like you have these mother issues, which is understandable. Your mother is dead, but then again, Kaoru doesn't know her mother, so you ain't got no excuse here. <laughs> and, uh, and also, like Kaoru comes off as sort of a hothead, but she's not really. It's just that she's just over eager. She it's, just, it's, she's like, yeah, I gotta get this done. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's not really, she's not really a hothead as much as she has a very strong sense of justice. And what the anime did was the anime actually helped that myth because uh, in in the story where where Kenshin and Sanosuke save Megumi, uh, in the manga, Sanosuke says, "Hey, yeah, we won her at the card game." (laughs) And Karo beats Kenshin senseless because, like, how dare you go for slavery, you you beast? Well, in the uh, in the anime, they change it into a pure jealousy angle, which yeah. is totally not fair. Well, I mean, but like in the anime, they it, you have to understand that like that was it wasn't exactly harem time because harem time was more like the mid '90s, I'd say, but it was coming off the harem time, so there was sort of this. Well, we have to throw a harem aspect in here, so I can kind of understand why they did that. Yeah, but that's true. Well, sort of, but it was sort of like. And they, it sort of crept into the manga a little bit. That that's kind of true, but like I said, the uh, what uh, you know, in Megumi is 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 great in the anime because her voice actress actually does does the does the Kodachi laugh. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Megumi is 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 awesomely terrible. I mean, she she is basically the resident doctor. She takes care of all the wounds, mm-hmm. but she she is very flirtuous. She always flirts with Kenshin, and she sometimes flirts with Sanosuke. But she she is wicked. She's well, she's the dirty she's the dirty old man doctor, except she's a chick. That's what it is. That's what she, that's her character. Her character is I'm the dirty old man doctor, except I'm a woman. And what I love is at the beginning of the Kyoto arc, she says she has a perfect plan to keep Kenshin from going to Kyoto, and she and she she puts him on a dog collar. And I remember that. <laughs> yeah, there, it's Kenshin is like one of the. It's not. It doesn't take itself seriously. There's a lot of drama in it, but I always liked it because it didn't take itself seriously. It was like. Yeah, okay, there's some serious stuff going on here, but then the action is going to be ramped up to a level that is way ridiculous, but not too ridiculous. Well, it, it kind of got ridiculous point. early on when, when Sanosuke shows up. Sanosuke yeah, is, is well, a guy with his own sense of strong justice who is a... Uh, who has a gigantic sword. Yeah, but but Sanosuke's biggest feature isn't the fact that it's a gigantic sword. Sanosuke's biggest feature is he has a ridiculous, ridiculous damage soak. Yeah, that that's true. But I mean, like I'm even later there are some characters who kind of border on like ridiculous amounts of strength. But no, but, but, Sam, but it's it, never it's like, never too far. It's never too far. You can sort of still go It's like a it's actually this is like a samurai movie. There's like there's 
it's pushing up against the limits of ridiculousness, but you still, it's not too ridiculous. That's why it's, I like Kenshin. That's kind of true, but yeah, Sanosuke shows up with a sword that has to weigh about 400 pounds. Yep. And uh, and, and he's fighting Kenshin with it. It's, a, it's basically the hev- heaviest sword in existence called a Zambato, which means horse splitter. Yep. Well, I mean, like, later, Makoto, you know, when Makoto's, like, fighting Kenshin, he's, like, literally shooting blood everywhere from every orifice <laughs> and every single new orifice that he's been given and, like, running after him. I mean, that's, like, that's a bit ridiculous right there. Yeah, so. and, uh, but what I love about that first fight is is is, is, is it's this fight where, where Kenshin hits Sanosuke. Since Sanosuke and his huge sword flying, Sanosuke gets <laughs> Because it's huge damage, though, because, like, well, you got to do better than that. Yeah. Kenji's like, okay, and then he does this a technique where he basically hits Sanosuke, like, that hundreds of times in a, in a few seconds, and that finally gets Sanosuke down. Yep. And then they become friends. Yes, they do. And, and In typical Shonen Jump fashion. Well, Sanosuke's such a great character, though, because Sanosuke is, is, is what I love is, is his, his, uh, his Japanese dialogue is because, you know, he, said, he calls Karo Jochan, which means Little Missy, which is like very John Wayne. Yeah, he, he, he's definitely a, um, a, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of like, he would be a cowboy in America, but I'm trying to think of like how to, he's, he's. He's just a really good guy. I really always liked Sanosuke. I think he actually was my favorite character when I when I remember watching it long ago. Because, and of course, I have to admit that I also loved all the Kenshin Sanosuke. Uh, Doshinshi. Oh come on. Yeah. Okay. It's it's true. Every single Shonen Jump series lends itself to uh, to sh- to Shonen Ai and Yaoi. I mean, there's so it's such a sausage party. I mean, it it has to be. I do have to say that uh, my introduction to Yaoi was uh, was this series. Yeah. I, I know a lot of girls that are like into uh, slash, and this is this is a big one. Yeah. Kenji and Sanosuke sort of team up, and they uh, and they always fight the bad guys. And and yeah. the next arc, the one where the, where Megumi comes in. And, is is the one where they had protect Megumi from uh, the Oni Boanshu is is a group of evil ninjas, but they aren't really evil; just their boss is evil. And uh, the Oni Boanshu is led by led led by a, a ninja named Aoshi, which is really funny because because when they showed a picture of young Aoshi as a ninja in a ninja clothes and the ponytail, uh, Nobuo Atsuki has a note on the side of the page that says, "This was design was originally meant for a girl." <laughs> And so, uh, so nope. So, uh, you know, she, yeah, Al- Alshi is is a ninja that has a a, a short sword and a, and Gambit's uh, trench coat, and yep. <laughs> and his whole thing was he led led a, like misfit ninjas. <laughs> I mean, they they had irregular bodies and irregular abilities and didn't fit in anywhere. They looked like a a a, a, a sideshow and uh, yep. And uh, how she how she became a later Kenshin villain, but a quick convert to a good guy later on. Yeah, I'm looking at actually like a picture that has like during the Kyoto arc. Basically, it has a few of the villains that um, that Kenshin faces like in the early part of the series. Because actually, you basically before the Kyoto arc starts, you might as well just call that all introduction. Because even though there's some pretty good fights in there, like. The um, I Jine. recall, yeah, Jinae, and then the Mako- the the uh, 
Saito fight, which, you know, took like three episodes to do, but it was actually really well done, even though like usually I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be like Dragon Ball? Yeah, well, actually, the Saito fight was one episode. They I were thought really... it was two. No, it's a, the most of the first episode he was in was an introduction to him. Okay, okay. It's just the last ten seconds was the Saito fight. I just remember it being a long fight, but it was a really good fight because of like how they they how it was like um, choreographed and also how they were like going into the mines and all that. So yes. it wasn't like a bullshit fight from Dragon Ball Z where it's like, oh, dear. Ah! Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas here, and then like. After that, the series really starts, like, with the Kyoto arc. Because, like, yeah. you think, okay, I, I've been enjoying Kenshin, and then it really begins. Yeah, because, you know, after after this, after the, the uh, after the, uh, the Onibuanshu arc, there yeah. was, uh, there were a couple more stories. I mean, we talked about the Jin A arc, where, where, yeah. where Kenshin fights the uh, hypnotizing Gambit. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, then there was the then there was the Rajuta arc, which which Nobuo Watsuki says is the weakest of all they did, and I'm forced to agree with them. Rajuta was which, a terrible arc. Which one was that again? About the guy who can do the air slashes. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and uh, and after that is when it, everything amps up with with the Kyoto arc, where where Saito shows up. First yep. thing he does is he stabs he stabs Sasuke in the the arm, in the shoulder actually, beats him up. And then, and then, you know, then he fights Kenshin in the dojo, and that was that was a a great fight. What I love in that fight was the scene where uh, where after Saito, you know, beats Kenshin up for a little bit, Karo get gets fed up. She just stands in between them two with with her arms spread out, and she's like, "No, you're stopping this." Yep, because she's like, "Fuck this! I'm the leader of the dojo. I'm not gonna let this happen." Yeah, and also ends up like Saito ends up being a really great uh, ally, especially like. Since, like, you know, Kyoto... And, like, the thing is, is, like, the Kyoto... Even though there's, like, more to Kenshin, Ken, Kyoto, the Kyoto arc is, like... The best arc. Well, yeah, it is. It's what it was all leading up to. And you can... I'm going to have to say this. You can kind of tell that, like, after the Kyoto arc, he was just sort of like, uh, okay, we'll come up with some more stories, I guess. Yeah, and uh, with the Kyoto arc, it's, uh, you know, Kenshin has to go to Kyoto, and... That's mm-hmm. when one of the most heartbreaking moments in the in the anime and the manga. The, ma- the anime actually made this even more heartbreaking with just the music and the video yeah. choreography. The one where Kenshin hugs Car- Karo and says to her, "I'm a I'm a wonder. I have to continue wondering." Yep. Oh man, that yeah, that was heartbreaking. Where he just walks away and she's just oh. I mean, like even though it's and like even though it's supposed to be a heart like a lighthearted series, it does have moments like that. Like you're just like, man. And uh, there were, but the Kyoto arc, you know, Watsuki, to his credit, was great to mixing humor with seriousness. Like when Kenshin's oh, yeah. wandering to Kyoto, he he encounters a ninja girl, Misao. Misao. <laughs> Misao was extremely uh, ganky or energetic, and uh, <laughs> oh man, how did they describe the girls? Like uh, one of them's a weasel girl. Okay, so they like the fox girl, which. Because in the in the manga there was a joke. Me, like, Megumi is the fox woman. Yep. Uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, Karo is Tanuki girl. Just the Tanuki, and then Misao is a weasel. Yes. Yeah, that was that was it, and I remember yeah. that was so, that was so cute. And uh, yeah, anyways, uh, which is a great joke, but anyways, it just gets better because because you know Kenshin and uh, Misao are sort of teaming up, and then one of my favorite stories is the one where, where Sanosuke is going to Kyoto as well. And he gets lost in the forest. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he encounters a monk that teaches him the Futai no Kawami, a punch that is able to turn anything into explosive dust. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Which my brother and I were making fun of that and calling it, what's it, the Buckside Tenkatsu, which is... Uh, well, if you know, if Fukuoka has a great-grandfather... <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually, yeah, one funny joke is one of my friends and I said, was, well, actually, you know, these are all their great-grandparents. Yeah, exactly. I think we actually made the same joke, too, because we were going, wait a minute, <laughs> hold the phone. Okay, who's who, who's who's family lineage here? Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I could hear your theory now because I want to see it matches with the one that me and my friends. Well, no, no, I'm, I don't remember it completely, but I did actually have like Sanusuke Ryoga. There you go. It's lost in the woods, learns a, a boulder breaking technique. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. And I guess I guess Akane descends from like Kaoru and uh. No, no, no. I, I think I think actually Yahiko. No, I think that Ranma would come from Yakuko's line. Mm, no, I think, I think I think Ranma comes from Kenshin's line because of the red hair. They, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And Yakuko could definitely give give rise to like Akane, and I guess like Ukio came from Misao. <laughs> He's also a a, a ninja. <laughs> All right, we're 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 already uh, we're kind of retconning this. Yay! Uh, but. Oh man! Because oh, I think it's I'm sure we're not the only ones who came up with this joke. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I, I, I bet there was a fan fiction about this. I mean, oh, there's God, fan no. fiction for every. No, no. I mean, there probably was. I mean, I was more into back then. Let's see, what what kind of fan fiction was I into back then? Actually, I was into Rob Ronnie Kenshin fan fiction at that point. So. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but anyways, yes, I'm uh, sure there was a fan fiction about this. Anyways, not, uh, what I love is just the villains. You know, Nobara Watsuki, when he designs a villain, is is like, let's do something really wild. Like, uh, like there was this one villain that Kenshin fought in this village who had a cone head. Oh yeah. He he does do some really wild things. Like, um, well, like. Makoto being on the bandages was like really cool looking. And then when you got to see him when he come out of the bath and he was like not in the bandages and he's all burnt, you're like, oh, gross. Yeah. And uh, he's a great villain. I mean, and like, uh, there was also that big fat guy that he had to fight too. Oh, man. Then there was that scary face dude. Uh, but the, oh man! And then the smi- the smiling one. The, uh, yeah. Set this Ojiro, who is voiced yeah. by in the Japanese. I forgot who's, who voiced. It's yeah. actually it's actually Akane's voice actress. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, well, there's a con. There's a Connie. There's a Connie. Well, it's really funny because when you hear Seth, you know his brain break and he started screaming. Like, wait a minute, I know that scream. Yep, yep. <laughs> I remember. I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the uh, what I love about the uh, Ronnie Kenshin is just is just all these fights were getting more and more personal, not only to Kenshin but to the other characters involved. I mean. Uh, when Kenshin's sword broke when he fought Seto Sojiro in the village. And yeah. he was forced to go without a fully functional sword. He had to uh, basically make do with just the sheath and the handle in that fight against Cho, the sword, the sword hunter, who is this guy who just carries nothing but, like, tons of swords. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that, that whole arc just got crazier and crazier as it went through. And I remember, like, watching it and just saying, how's this going to get even crazier? But, and then, like, the castle was, like, blowing up at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, but before then, there was the fight with the battleships where Sanosuke took out a battleship. Oh, yeah, I forgot about 
<laughs> but what I love is before that that you know Makoto ordered ordered the machine gun to be fired at Sanosuke, and Sanosuke uses the Fute no Kawami on water, and creates an explosive jet of water powered enough to deflect bullets. I forgot about all that. I forgot about all that shit. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Finally, finally, in in the you know after all these battles in pure Bruce Lee form, they had they had the uh, Kenshin uh, Sanosuke and. Uh, and uh, Saito going up the uh, going through the uh, through uh, Shishio's fortress, but I forgot one of the most amazing fights before then. It's uh, actually tons of amazing fights before then. There, there's lots of stuff in here that we're skipping over, which is just proof that you have to just watch this. Well, yeah, I mean we can't describe everything that happens. I mean, like the Kyoto arc is so deep. In fact, like there's so many villains that pop up. Until you finally get to Makoto. And, like, Makoto's just been sitting around this whole time. He's like, like I'm waiting. And that was, like, 20... That was an entire season, if I recall, that was, like, the whole Kyoto arc. Cause yeah, it, was, it really was. But uh, but what I loved was also uh, Kenshin actually seeks out his old master. Uh, yeah. And we, l- we learn a little bit about Kenshin's past in this in, in that part of the arc where Kenshin is being trained and we learned that Kenshin was when he was a child, his name was actually Shinta. Yeah. And uh, when he was, you know, it, the, the caravan he was with was, was with was attacked by bandits and he was protected by three girls mm-hmm. who gave their lives to protect them. And uh, their names were, I forgot the names. What were the names again? Kasumi. Kasumi. Akane. Akane. Oh, yeah. Nabiki. No, no. The third one was Sakura. I think I think. Oh. No, decided he was pushing his luck. He should have gone for it. But that I. Oh. <laughs> That's funny though. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Movie Week in Review is the Geekcast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on geekcastradio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind? That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the Geekcast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No. But yeah, I loved his master. His master was really cool. Um, I think his name was Hiko or something like that. Hiko, uh, Hiko Sejiro. It's a, and he has yeah. asked Spawn Cape. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that was that was so cool, and the way he was like abusive towards Kenshin was awesome. It's just like fuck you, man. I, I'm awesome. Yeah, and uh, and I like how Kenshin imagined. Okay, if I had to wear this cape, I would look like this. No. No. Nope. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And uh, actually, Hiko is is like the most powerful character in the whole damn series. I mean, he shows up and he's like, "Feh, okay, this is why I have to fight." Okay, and uh, yeah. My love is is. Is Hiko fights, you know, what happened was, you know, Kenshin and uh, Kenshin, Sanosuke and, and Saito are going up the uh, tower to fight the, you know, Shishio. 
And but Shishio decides, okay, I'm going to send the rest of my guys to to destroy the Onobuanchu uh, ninjas, which are Kenshin's allies in this arc. Mm-hmm. And and you have great fights. You have a uh, you have uh, Yako the kid that Kenshin kind of sort of adopts. Yeah. Fighting fighting this guy that has that flies on bat wings and explosions. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you have uh, Karo defeat one of the ten swords, the transvestite. Yeah. Oh, of course. There's always got to be a transvestite. And the uh, and then you had the then you had the final of the of the army show up, the destruction army, which was this little brainiac and a an actual for crying out loud giant. Yep. Which uh, Hiko shows up and beats up with one move. Yeah, I'm looking at um, Watsky's. Uh description and he describes Hiko as like a joker in the deck someone you really shouldn't I clearly can't use because he'll win every time yeah I mean and that's that's the thing like he was just supposed to be the master like and he's he's separated himself from the world because he's just so cool I what mean, I love is when he showed up the the, the girl ninjas of the only belong are like <laughs> totally smitten with him instantly because of course and, and what I love is just the surprise that everyone has because of how old Hiko is and then how old Kenshin is because apparently Kenshin's 28, but he looks freaking young and Hiko's like mm-hmm. 47. It looks like he's 20. It's like, and they're making joke about the Hitsen, Hiten Mitsurugi Ryo being the secret to long life. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, I mean... He, yeah, Hiko, Hiko does not look as old as he, he does, but then again, Kenshin doesn't either. Yeah, and what I love is just how... Uh, it's, it's just finally the final fight is where it's not just Kenshin versus Shishio, it's everyone versus yep. Shishio. It's, it's, a t- it's actually... I mean, it's a typical Shonen Jump fight where, like, everybody is there, but I guess, like, it, it's... Di- I, guess, I guess Kenshin is different from most Shonen Jump series in that you just don't feel like oh, this person is just going to fall in this battle. Because everyone actually does succeed through their battles. It's not like somebody falls along the way. If they do, it's like a really big fucking deal. Unlike, well, Dragon Ball being the stereotypical Shonen Jump series, like people would fall down all the goddamn time. It was, yeah. Or like in Saint Seiya. In Kenshin, it wasn't annoying. You know, people did get injured, but they kept going. They didn't just suddenly drop out and say, well, you go on without me. No, they fucking like crawled, even if their legs were gone, which never happened. But I'm sure that would have, if that had happened, they would have done it. Yeah. And what I love was just the, uh, was, you know, the, the final blow was, was Kenshin, uh, you know, using his, uh, his, uh, final technique, the succession technique, the Ogi, mm-hmm. whatever the translation would be. The uh, Amakakareku uh, no Hiramaki, I can pronounce yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, the Which, long name. <laughs> it's uh, it translates roughly to Heavenly Dragon Ascending Slash. Yeah. And basically, it's just where he unsheaths his sword so fast that he creates a vacuum and bad things happen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what was the what was the arc after the Kyoto arc? That it was... was in the in the anime it was a bunch of filler arcs where they had some really yeah. bad episodes like they had the fang the fang shui martial arts master fighting kenshin the i remember that yeah, so, so kenshin literally fought a master of interior decorating martial arts wow it is re- starting to sound I, like ranma i remember that and what did they ever get they did like a christian arc too that was like five episodes of suck 
Yeah, I remember thinking like, okay, I see what you're doing here by bringing in like some history with the whole, you know, Christians and all that. But no, let's not do this. This is not this is not going to be good. And also, I just remember it just fell apart. Yeah, and like, then there was uh, then there was the story of uh, one of the worst filler arcs where I actually do swear that they brought in someone from the Ronda writing team, the engagement ring episode, which is 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 totally a, a an off the wall non sequitur episode, wacky even by Kenshin standards, where Kenshin goes goes catfishing, catches a fish. Uh-huh. Cooks it, finds it in the engagement ring with it, doesn't know what's in it, don't know, doesn't know what it is, and gives it to Carl, like, oh, here you go. I don't even know what this is. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of remember something like that. Like I, like I said, like after the Kyoto arc, it's just sort of a mishmash to me because it's just sort of like I remember I remember I read some of the manga and I was thinking, this is not happening in the manga. Yeah, but, it's uh, the manga but it was, was because better. It was because yeah, but it was because they caught up with the manga. I remember it was because the anime caught up with the manga, and then they asked Watsuki what to do, and Watsuki was like, I don't know, make yeah, up and, something. And the, the manga itself was, was superior. Not great, but superior, because the Jinchu arc yeah. is not great, but it's better than what happened in the anime. And uh, Well, I mean, like, after the Ky- I have to say, after the Kyoto arc, uh, Kenshin had blown its load, and that, like, after the Kyoto arc, how are you going to, like, top that? That was a really good, like, build-up, especially since everything that happened in the in the earlier arcs all leads up to this. Yeah. Whereas, like, the Genshu arc kind of feels like, even though it's kind of resolving something from, like, way before the series started, it kind of feels tacked on. It's like a sort of a, a second thought. Like, Well, yeah, that's true. And the, there's some things I dislike about the way the 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 flashback arc of the Jinchu arc about Kenshin's past when he was a rowdy 16 year old that, yeah. that the animated version didn't get right. It's a uh, number one, the anime version made everyone so somber and serious. It was, it was oh, like, Oh, you're talking about the OVAs. Yeah. yeah the OVA, the first because OVA it, was because, because in the TV series, when they'd flash back to him being a teenager, he was bratty, but he, like, wasn't, more, he, he wasn't bratty. He was an arrogant ass. Well, yeah, okay, arrogant, but, like, in the OVAs, it was, like, now, okay, I have to, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I actually like Trust and Betrayal. I actually like it. It's, it's, while it's not the funny Kenshin that I enjoy, that I enjoy, it is definitely really well written, and it's a nice, different view of Kenshin. However, the second one, Reflections, is utter bullshit. It well, is the, well. I have problems with the first one too because the first one, it, Kenshin is really has abilities that border on supernatural because yeah. it's it, it's not pure human abilities in this series. I mean, Kenshin's able to block bullets with a sword, and and Zasuke can create pressure waves that can deflect bullets. I mean, we're talking about people who are clearly, by our standards, superhuman. Mm. <laughs> And you have this OVA that's trying to be like this this old timey samurai movie, like what? Kurosawa, and it, it, to me it doesn't work because the tonal shift is so so it, so wide it it just doesn't work. Plus, plus the fact that the, the character Tome, Kenshin's first wife, in mm-hmm. the and the source of his grief is is Tome in the manga, and Tome as a character yeah. was was by. Uh, by Watsuki's own admittance, Arei Ayanami clone. Yeah. By his own admittance. I mean, I ha- I've, I've had arguments with other fans that say, no, she isn't. She's just a proper Japanese housewife. I'm like, no, the guy himself said she was. 
Well, yeah, because, well, well, Tamale is not supposed to have a personality. She's just supposed to be like a a thing there for for Kenshin to feel guilty about. I mean, she's just a plot device. And I mean, that's sad to say, but she really is. That's now, true. Admit, that's true. But yeah. it's manga itself, actually, she did have a bit of a dry sense of humor that kind of worked with that kind of oh, yeah. that Kenshin had when he was 16. Oh, yeah. But 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 she's really she really is just sort of there to die. So it's like, true, yeah. So and, I can uh, see why he said, "Well, she's just Ray Ayanami," because he was just probably thinking, "Well, if I just make, well, because I can see people saying that she's a perfect housewife, because like she is acting in the fashion that a a traditional Japanese woman should act. You know, the calm, collected, doesn't you know, doesn't act out or anything like that. So, and Ray is taking that to an extreme. Like, yeah. Yeah, but with to me, to me, other parts of it is in in where Kenshin finally is going to go to Tomei in the forest. There was a specific plot point in the manga about that forest because Kenshin has the ability to to protect his opponent's abilities by. It's never really clear. It says that he can sense their emotions. It's like this key sense kind of thing that they don't explain. It's very, it's very. Uh, esoteric it's and, sense. yeah anyways anyways the whole point of of, of these of these assassins lit, lit, you know leading kenshin to this forest is is that there's a magnetic field in this forest that negates that sense of his ah uh. and uh, in this forest kenshin fights several assassins like uh like uh, one of them i remember is the guy that 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 ambushes kenshin is like really loud and and broady and and kenshin slices off his arms and then the guy yeah. runs into a cave and kenshin throws the guy's arms and says here you drop these yeah yeah in the manga he does that and the enemy is all silent and stuff and, and yeah in, in the ova and i think that loses a lot of what kenshin's personality was like that then back then because the whole point of it is pride before a fall i think and 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 that's why the Kenshin of the series proper is so proper and polite and and yeah. and uses Sesha as as his honorific to describe himself as his pronoun because, because in the no, Japanese no, no. Sesha I, yeah. language Sesha is the most polite way to refer to oneself. It means this humble one. Yeah, like uh, so yeah, I okay, okay, I can get what you're I can get what you're saying, and actually I kind of concede that yeah, a lot of it, a lot of that is lost, and I mean. I see what I see what the OVA is going for, but I agree with you that the tone is the tone probably doesn't fit. The reason I think it's okay is because I didn't actually read this that part of the manga because ah. I only honestly only read up to the Kyoto arc because that's all I had and all was translated at that time. Mm. And I have to admit that I haven't gone back, even though Kenshin's all translated now. I haven't gone back and read it just because it was like. Well, I have to admit that that was like, you know, over 10 years ago. So yeah. I'm sort of like, ah, I did my Kenshin. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's worth reading just to be complete. Yeah. It is uh, worth no, no, I, I'm now going back and reading it because after watching Reflection, I feel like I've been so gypped. Because, OK, OK, I watched Reflection today just because I figured because I, I honestly couldn't remember. And like I said, I only watched 10 or 15 minutes back in the day and then read a synopsis. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And after watching it today, I, I got to say, like, okay, the reason I think I'm giving trust and betrayal a lot more credit is because this was utter shit. <laughs> well, this uh, was utter fucking shit. I mean, I, I, I just was sitting there just thinking, okay, so they got leprosy. They, they, they're like, he's like sad all the time. 
the, their kid like and then okay and then i get what you mean by Roroni rex oh god you sure god i mean i almost did not watch the credit cookie i almost didn't because i was just like i'm done i'm getting ready for the show but then i was like then i left it running and then i saw that there was a credit cookie and i was like what the fuck yeah it's a I, i'm gonna ha- go ahead and ruin it for everyone kenji the son of of uh kenshin and karu is like fucking in love with his mother because he ends up like with this girl who's wearing a ribbon just like his mom, and he's like, oh, that ribbon looks good in your hair, and I'm like, oh my god, that is fucking creepy. I know, it's it's totally, like I said, it, it like I said, that's why I call it Ruining Rex, but, uh, but to, to the, to the, to the comparison of the manga to the an, anime oh, yeah. adaptations is, in the, in the manga, when Kenshin tells the story of his past, finally to everyone involved, Mm-hmm. Caro the next day takes a walk with Kenshin and they have a very pleasant conversation. Caro finally admits, I want to be with you forever. Yeah. And then they walk they walk back to the dojo with their arms around each other. And while in 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 reflections, Caro's reaction was to run away crying. Yeah. Which I know. is totally out of character of, of this strong female character who was built up for so long. I mean, they, uh, I mean like Karu in reflection is just like like wilting. Like in every scene, she's just wilting. And like the way that she's like lying in bed, dying, waiting for Kenshin is it, just it, it's 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 a terrible way to treat the character because she is a strong female lead. I know. Who who who, who takes pride in who she is and she's comfortable with herself. And that's the one thing I don't see here. It's it's like uh, I said, this isn't the same character who uh, who who you know did all these things. Not not to mention reflections missed the best part of the uh, of the manga is when uh, An- Anishi, who is also has a bit of a notable complex for his older sister Tomei. Yeah. <laughs> Anishi threatens to kill Karo after he beats Kenshin in a duel. Yeah. Kenshin gets up and punches Enshi right in the fucking face with his fist. He's not even he, he he's not even thinking with his sword. He's like, I'm gonna just punch you down, bitch. Yep. And and because because that's what I love about about that series is is just you know Kenshin is this character who who has a lot of troubles, but he finds he finds himself again. And he, mm-hmm. he generally enjoys being around his friends. Not, not only just Karo, but he enjoys being a father fig- figure to Yahiko. He enjoys being a best bud to Sanosuke. He enjoys all yeah. these people and their company. And and he brings them all together, and and they help him be a better person. He helps them be better people. And it's a great story with great fighting. And, and Reflections is like, no, Greek tragedy. Just throw that all out the fucking window kenshin's a whiny son of a bitch she wants to go help people because she's so weak and like karu is like a wilting version of tomoe like she's even worse than tomoe and then yahiko's like what if i ain't here it's like everybody in that fucking in that fucking movie just was like it was like i was watching my my friends in a in a alternate universe that sucked all balls yeah, and the and what about the part with Sanosuke and the tiger? Oh Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, I have to kill you, Mister Tiger. I'm like, what? When did this happen? Did he become a Buddhist or something? Because like, 
that was out of nowhere. And then like Sandersky appearing was out of nowhere. I mean, this whole that whole thing. Okay, so she's dying. Kenji's a little butt, which I kind of imagined that Kenji would end up being a little. Kenji would end up being a little bit, bit of a butt. You know, he's he just seems like he would be a little bit of a brat. You know what they base that whole that whole Oedipal thing for for Kenji from? One uh, panel in the manga in the final chapter where it shows Yahiko once he turned sixteen returning to the dojo, mm-hmm. and uh, and it shows it shows them you know Yahiko protects you know Yahiko finds Kenji as a baby crawling on the dojo's roof crying because he got stuck up there, and Yahiko brings him down and says, "Gee, you really are helpless." And then <laughs> and then it shows that this shows baby Kenji hugging hugging. Caro and a little catcher says loves his mom and then and then and then Kenshin tries to handle Kenji and Kenji pulls his hair and then and then Captain hates his dad. Well, yeah, that that kind of. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, so that you're basing all this off of that. It's wow. like, uh, uh, yeah, like, oh my god, like kids don't have like a favorite parent when they're like really little. Uh, Not that's a baby. I know, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, I just that whole. I, I think I know what they were doing with like making Kenji sort of in love with his mom, sort of like this, uh, you know, sort of like a parallel with like Enshi, but it was just sort of, um, I, 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 okay. With like, with like, um, Enshi was sort of, it was okay. Cause it was sort of like, okay, his, his, his sister got killed and he was kind of young and she was a little asshole before his sister was killed. There oh, was no, a, there no, was no. a, there was a part of the, there was a part of the chapter where she visits Kenshin and Tomei and, yeah. and, uh, and Kenshin's playing with the other little kids in the neighborhood and, oh, no, no. and, 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 and she outright punches a girl in the face. No, no, I to- I totally get what you're saying. No, I totally get that. But I'm just saying like, he's got sort of a, a reason to be a little, a little obsessed with his sister. Whereas like Kenji's, actually older than um and she was when when his sister dies when Kaoru dies in reflection so it's like kind of weird i i don't know they were just trying they were just trying to do something with this and i just have this feeling that reflection is basically let's try to retell the story of kenshin as a love story from the view of Kaoru. and well, it from just the view of tome where where Kaoru is has to be a weak imitation of Tomei. Okay, yeah, okay. It's based, but 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 basically it's just like Karu being Tomoe, being, you know, just remember it like cause I, I was watching it and I was like, wait, are they gonna tell retell the whole goddamn series? Yes, they're gonna t- retell the whole goddamn series. And it just felt irritating because I'm like, I wouldn't be watching this if I hadn't already watched Veroni Kenshin. Like, so why are you retelling this? Oh, man. Okay, I got to tell you about this because this is coming up. There is a new Kenshin series coming out. So an oh, anime, not the, not the movie. It's a it's a anime. And I think it's coming out in the next, I think actually in the next day or two. Let's see about this because, oh, my God. All right. So there's a new new series coming out. And it's basically a retelling of the Kyoto arc. From the view of Missal. The view of who? Missal, the uh, the ninja girl. Oh, oh, wow, that's that's gonna work. That, that is not going to work. Well, one thing that would definitely benefit from is from one animation team because the Kenshin 
anime at that point was was like no wait it's already come out oh man it's already come out it's already come out there were four animation teams working on the original run and and it was a four it was four episode cycle i mean there was two two studios or two teams that were pretty good but there was one that did like a super duper angular style that i hated I, I yeah. Let's see. What were the studio? Okay, Studio Dean was Studio Gallup was who did the first uh, sixty six episodes, and then Studio Dean did the remainder. And I did not like the Studio Dean stuff. Uh, unfortunately, Studio Dean will be doing uh, the new series, which is called Roroni Kenshin Shin Kyoto Hen. Yeah. So um. Let's see, it's full title of the first part is called Roroni Kenshin Shin Kyoto Hen Zenpen Homura no Ori, which is Cage of Flames. And it's going to be told from Misao's point of view, which I'm like, what the fuck? It was, to- it was, it was told well the first time. The only thing that this can benefit from is more consistent animation because there was yeah. that one team in the original run that did that super angular style that I hate. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm still like I I really don't want to know this from Sal's point of view. I really don't want to see it from her. Po- you know, like Miss Sal's okay, she's kind of cute, but I really am like shuddering because now I'm gonna have to go watch this, and I bet I'm gonna be very pissed off. Yeah. But the movie, the movie though, the the live action movie that's coming out looks good. Actually, does look good. Um. I actually like who they casted for Kenshin, um, and it looks really, really good. It's just I'm really sad that like they never, that they're just not even gonna like animate that last arc. The Jinchu you know? arc. Yeah, because like it, it, it would loved. I would have loved to have seen that actually a full length series with that instead of let's go remake the Kyoto arc again. Yeah, point, from the point of view of a sow, which makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> Except that, oh, well, like, when we're doing OVAs, we have to have it from the point of view of a girl. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. And plus, you know, the one thing I like about the the live-action movie is it's Goofy Kenshin again. Yeah. director that understands who Kenshin is as a character. He's a, he's a fun-loving, goofy guy who mm-hmm. helps people, and his friends help him back. And Versus this uh, this... This constant, uh, you know, oh, I'm bleeding. Oh, we're all bleeding. Oh, Greek, Greek tragedy. Oh, well, but I have to. Re- I'm actually remembering a lot from like, um, from like that time period, and I do remember like in the early aughts, there was a lot of let's be sad about killing because I recall like, oh man, the Halo two, the Halo two um, ad where like it's crying music. And like it's just super serious. That sort of just captures the whole era for me. And there was a lot of like this crying bullshit that was going on here. And I think what's happened is, is unfortunately, Kenshin, the happy Kenshin of the late '90s, got consumed by the sad crying Kenshin of the aughts. Yeah, and and, and that's a shame because Kenshin really is a great revolutionary character that. Uh, Sadly, oh, yeah. sadly, things that made sense for his character doesn't make sense for other characters like the don't kill your villains thing. Well, I mean, he's the atonement character, which is actually like a it is a it is a stereotype in um, in like samurai films, the whole atoning uh, samurai. But Watsuki definitely took it to a new level with Kenshin. Like Kenshin is like with the, the Sawato 
and with him not killing his his enemies i i, I think he really actually changed like the the light-hearted samurai story like for forever like I don't think you can think of the atoning samurai without thinking about Kenshin now. You really can't, and, and no. that, that's a great that's a great note for the the character and the series. But at the same time, it's it's a note of sadness that that they can't draw from other they can't draw from their own things anymore. They have to draw from this now. Well, no, actually, that's not bad because like actually everything is building on everything else because like Kenshin builds on um, a lot of the samurai dramas of the uh, 20th century. And Marvel Comics. And Marvel Comics. So, I mean, like it is just a progression and I'm sure like I'm sure that there's actually been some like I'm trying to think of some stuff that was based on Kenshin, but I know that there's been some elements of Kenshin in other series. So it's like it's just a progression. He just happened to perfect like the wandering samurai who's atoning and and, and what like i said what i love is just his candidness as an author where oh yeah he admits his shortcomings and you know you, you totally feel much better about an author once they do that because you're like no no it's cool it's cool i enjoyed it anyways don't oh yeah yeah up, watsuki but what's but the, also like i just love the detailed notes because like in every single volume of the manga there would just be like tons of notes in the back that you it was just dense with the amount of text because what, what i love is what i love is like an early volume had him like g- gushing about the time he got to meet jim lee oh man that's excellent okay now okay i can see the jim lee influence yeah <laughs> now that you said that i can totally see it no it's, it's he got to meet jim lee i convinced he's like jim lee jim lee and <gasps> That's excellent. Yeah, and uh, actually, Kenshin is very influential because because lots of the current Jump manga actually came from his assistants. Oh man, yeah. Like that's... like Oda, Oda was his assistant. Oh man, well that's cool because like, like, like yeah, like don't you remember like uh, like uh, like they actually had a bomb with a with a pirate head on it that was very familiarly drawn in the late Kenshin right. arc. Oh. Okay, yeah, that would make that would make sense because like, and o- and now Oda's the big guy now. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really cool to see this like progression of like the series, you know, like if like this guy trained this guy who trained this guy. So, but I don't know if like what what Suki actually uh, trained under anyone. I don't think he really did. I no, he, he did. Actually, I'm looking at his bio right now. He actually just went right into it he did a series he did a series called podmark and it's never been translated in english and nobody knows what it's about well actually what i loved was lots of his lots of his experimental series after kenshin there was one he did that was a one shot called meteor strike about this boy who had a meteor embedded in his head that gives him superpowers (laughs) i think i read that one it's really hilarious he did another one that was a very short series called guns blaze west which, oh, I saw that one because my brother got that one. And my favorite of his post Kenshin is is Armored Alchemist. Uh, Buso Rankin. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually have seen a couple episodes of that, and I keep meaning to watch it just because like I've heard it's crazy. It's great. I mean, I mean, you have you have villains like the Butterfly Man, and it, it, <laughs> it's 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 out of this world wacky great. And, okay, and, I'm gonna have to check this out. And, and currently, his current series is is a series called Embalming about about the Frankenstein monsters fighting each other. And 
I'm not a big fan of it, I'm sorry to say, which is a shame because I love him and I love his work, but I don't like embalming. I'm sorry, Nobara Watsuki. I, I, I wish I want to, but... Okay, know. yeah, this is this looks really weird. I'm looking at it right now. Um, but, I mean, it kind of fits the time period, the, the, uh, the time period, which is, like, zombies were very popular in 2006. Around, you know, like, Marvel zombies and yeah. things like that. So it does make sense that he would do something with some undead characters. Because he really is sort of a person that's in the moment. That's true. That's true. It's. I just wish. I just wish he did some something else I liked other than Ken Buso <laughs> Rankin. But you can't win them all. But two series well, I like. I mean, that's good. I mean, like, yeah, there's some people I only like one series they've done, and then like there's some people I follow every goddamn series that they do. But there's some people where I like only three movies that they did, and then the rest uh, Lucas uh, suck. And then there's my favorite movie of all time, and I love the director, but he only ever did one movie. Ooh. Aww. Uh, the guy who did Whisper, uh, Whisper of the Heart. He only ever, uh, he, now he, he did, um, he did direct a few anime <clears throat> episodes, but, uh, Yoshifume Kondo, it was the only movie he ever directed. Aww. He was actually Miyazaki's successor. Miyazaki named him successor and was like, not his son. No, he didn't want, no, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I say that's a oh, joke. No, no, I know, I know, I know, I know about all that. No, I know about all that. But yeah, uh, Miyazaki set him up as his successor. Everything was going great. You know, Whisper of the Heart came out and Miyazaki was actually going to like retire soon after that. But then he died of an aneurysm in 1998. Damn. And like, then Miyazaki went back to work. <laughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> you okay? Yeah, something in my throat. It's just allergy season. It's uh... yeah, it's a wonderful time of the year. But yeah, Miyazaki named this guy's successor, and then the guy died of an aneurysm in 1998. So the only film he's ever directed was Whisper of the Heart, which is my favorite movie of all time. And that movie is like, it's like a revelation when you watch it. It is such a good movie. It is like, it makes you want to work hard. It's really good. I highly recommend it. But yeah, but yeah, like um, I'm trying to think of like the Kenshin guy, you know, Watsuki. I honestly have to say I haven't seen Busa Rankin. I am now going to go see it because I, you know, I saw a couple episodes, thought it was good. But now that I know it's Watsuki, I definitely want to check it out. Well, could you tell but, by the art style? Not really, because I, uh, I have to honestly say that, like, there are a lot of art, other artists who have sort of his style now. So oh, I assume it's just. I just, he, he's just, the one. He's the first one who really patented. I can't say patented, but he's the first one who really, he really streamlined that sort of style. Yeah, you know? that really, really, really sketchy style. But I assumed because, like, you know, you mentioned that like a lot of his assistants went on to do other things. I either assumed that it was like someone who was like related to him, like some like the assistant, or like that it was because it was in a Shonen Jump magazine that it had that style. But, like, I honestly remember the only one I've seen is that Gunblaze thing. And I think I saw that, that uh, what was it? Blah, blah, blah. Why Meteor Strike. It? Yeah, Meteor Strike. I saw that. But um, but I have to admit that I really haven't, like, I saw Gunblaze West, a little bit of that. But honestly, I haven't really checked out a lot of his stuff. I, it's because, like, Kenshin is his series. That is the series in my opinion, that he did. Now, I mean, anyone who's probably seen Busa Rankin, though, would probably say that is his series because I've heard a lot of good things about Busa Rankin. Yeah, and, well, it's sort of like sort of like a Kira Toriyama, 
Toriyama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, uh, but, like, he actually had Dr. Slump before he even had... Um, who here in America has ever heard of Dr. Slump? Well, I mean, but, I mean, I'm just saying, Nobody. like, in Japan, he's got, he's got two. So, I mean, but, yeah, but Dragon Ball is definitely his series. And then, again, like, Naoko Takeuchi did several other series but nobody ever remembers of it's sailor moon i mean sometimes you just have that one series that's just like the pinnacle and that's okay because like veroni kenshin is really damn good but i mean buso rankin also is another series he did so he's not a one-hit wonder he's still he's still making it it's just oh man he did the character designs for samurai showdown five and i I totally was not paying attention. <laughs> yes, I was totally not paying attention. That is totally his art style. Yes, it is. And I love his art style. And I, and I love him as a creator because it's the honesty and the can, and the and the candidness and, and the admitting yeah. of your shortcomings. Because, because if someone's honest about saying, you know what, this really wasn't what I had in mind, but it came, became this anyways, it sort of got out of my control. And this is what I really wanted it to be. It makes you feel better about reading it because it makes you feel like, I see that, but I still like what you came up with. Because if yeah. you have a, a, an author goes, well, this is what it always meant to be, but you just don't understand it. It's like, you arrogant bat- bastard. Uh, yeah. but I, I, it's, like, it's like, well, you don't understand the ending of Mass Effect 3. It's like, no, I do. It's just you're an asshole. Uh, you were lazy. <laughs> Neil, you still with us? Yeah. Neil? Yeah, I'm still here. You okay. still? Yay! I just have to check and make sure that Neil hasn't wandered away from his baby monitor. No. Oh. But yeah, it's uh Neil, you have to check out Ruining Kanchen. I'll check it out. I knew that uh I had no hope of being able to prep for this show. So I just kinda That's okay. And I knew you two would fill up this entire show yourself, so I just kinda sat <laughs> back and listened. Okay, does it sound like a series you can get into? Yeah, I think so. Good. I actually, this is the one time that I will have to insist you cannot watch the dub. I'm sorry, Neil. The dub is bad. They they made yeah. Pedro's voice actors whiny. I've seen it on on uh, Cartoon Network. Okay. Yeah, don't don't. It, I, I'm gonna say to anyone out there, like if you're gonna check out uh, Ramoni Kenshin, um, don't watch the dub. It's unfortunately one of a really wretched dub. Um, watch the watch the original Japanese. Um, because you don't want your ears to bleed. I, I had to listen to the the OVA this app this week, this morning and this afternoon. It was uh pretty bad. Well, the, the problem pretty is bad. the American voice actor for Kenshin. You know, when he talks, he's, he he talks like this, and I have to sound so serious because that's who my character is. And and it's like, no, that's not how Kenshin's supposed. To, Kenshin's supposed to have like a sweet cadence to his voice. That's why he's voiced by by a woman. I, I don't know. I don't know what went on with the dub, the dub either, because like I'm, I'm sort of like, how did they? Because like, it's from an era when I know there were some okay dubs. It was from anime like, works. Oh, oh it's media blasters. Okay. Oh, it's media blasters. Yeah. Okay. Which was, yeah. which was also anime works. I it has both okay. both credits on the opening. Okay, so like, yeah, that's probably why the dub sucks because unfortunately they did not do very good. Yeah, dubs. they're not so good. And what I remember is the previous for other anime because I got into Kenshin really quick and then I was watching the other previous saying, what kind of previews? I hope they picked the same genre because I'd be really interested. And I was watching the previews and it's like, okay, a Virtua Fighter, not going to watch this. Ooh, no. <laughs> 
Okay, um, uh, okay, next preview. Magic Knight Ray Earth. Uh, I remember people saying this is Sailor Moon done right. Okay, okay, Sandy Fox is singing. No. I think that they're talking about uh, the original production, not the uh, not the dub. Because I, I, think... I, I know, but what, what I'm saying is when I'm watching a, a trailer and on my Kenshin DVDs, it has those, it has, it has that trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to watch this. Piece yeah. <laughs> God bless their souls, but their dubs are pretty wretched. Yeah. And <laughs> so yeah, Kenshin, it's, it's a great series and we sort sort of gloss over some of the best points, but. That just means you have to watch it now. Um, I'm your host, Beth. With TV's Mish Neal. And Kitty Hawk of SGBY.com, your one-stop shop for sexy fun. And we're saying goodnight. Bye. Bye. Take So now the show's over. Uh, yeah, it's. I wonder how people are going to make comments on that on that silly ancestral chart thing now. I mean, I mean, if I had some I, time, I, I, I think it's obvious something. who Megumi's related to. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> oh man, that was yeah. Just... But I think it's actually because a lot of the voice actors were the same. Because like I recall, like. Well, like those the Ronma voice actors were in everything. everything, but that was just because like Ronma went on for goddamn forever. It was like how many seasons that friggin' thing go for? Just like stop. eight or nine? I don't remember. I just remember I got I I think I collected like six of the series, and then I gave up because I was like, Man, this just keeps going, and the animation just keeps getting worse. That's true, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just really funny. It's uh, that you you and your your fr- friends did the same thing me and my friends did. Well, I mean, it was it was pretty fucking obvious. I mean, you're just thinking, yep, but yeah, well, where the hell's Kyoto? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man, now this is sort of related because you know Watsuki did do some Samurai Showdown designs, but this character is based on Andrew Jackson from Samurai Showdown. That's just crazy. Well, that's that's just what Watsuki does. I, I'm just like, what the hell? Uh, but yeah, I think I. Oh man, I just I remember reading lots of Kenshin fanfics back in the day, and I don't think I ever recall coming across a Ranma one. But that might have just been that, like. I don't think Ranma anyone was brave enough to do a crossover. No, I think it was more that like Ranma wasn't as popular. At that point, like its its popularity had waned. Are you kidding? People are still writing fanfics for that. No, no, no. I, I know, no, I know they still are, but I know that like because I used to be into like Rama fan fiction just because. Okay, I admit I'm into fan fiction because while they're okay, I'll say this: <laughs> in a one in a million chance, you'll find a good a good fan fiction. But, like, there's a lot of bad fan fiction out there. And I revel in a lot of the bad fan fiction. And I was really into Ranma fan fiction because that was just shock. 
full of bad ideas. It was a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Oh my god, it was it was We must now, be cautious. There was like maybe like okay, like Sailor Ronco was okay and like uh Heart of Ice was okay, but like <laughs> shit. I remember reading so many Ryoga and Ranma fan fiction, it don't even and like how does that even fucking work was how I always thought about it. Like, how does this work? How are you making this work? Uh, but now I'm thinking there probably was a Ranma and Maroni Kenshin fan fiction. I just now got to go find it. It probably wasn't a good one. Yeah, it probably wasn't. If it didn't, if I didn't see it, I probably wasn't very good. Because but, like I said, if, if, if it has to be done and I'm not really saying it has to be done, but if okay. it has to be done, you have to do it as ancestors, not reincarnations. Okay, uh, before I get off tonight, I actually am going to look for this. I'm going to see if oh, there is Oh, God, a... no. Okay, <laughs> because... Neil, uh, let's, as, as Kitty Hawk goes into the, the depths of hell, can you... Uh... Oh, man, the Rurouni Kenshin crossover archive at fanfiction.net. Let's begin. Oh, God, no. Anyways, Neil, yeah. while, uh, while Kitty Hawk delves into the Wretched Hive of Scum and Villainy, let's see, next week is Gargoyles. What do we have the week after that? Um, I don't know. We need to schedule something. I know. We can schedule something. Okay, let's see here. Uh, probably something. Uh, we could do. We could do that goddamn Bleach episode or that goddamn Naruto episode. Uh, <clears throat> we we have to. I know. Let's see here. Yeah, we we already did He Man. We have to do Popeye, obviously. Oh, yeah. Because Popeye's great. Let's see here. Oh, God. Okay, okay. so here's here's one. Okay, here's one. The Batosai's Descendant. Oh, God, no. Yes. Yes. No. Okay, I'll just send you this, because this, this, this is the page with all the Ranma, Roroni, Kenshin uh, crossovers. Oh, God. If, and if I, a lot of a lot of true parentages, like a couple of true parentages, and here's one where Kenshin goes to uh, no 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 uh, what's that place called Jinsenkia. No no stop right now I'm 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 sorry no absolutely no 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 no, no. anyways uh, yeah so yeah apparently this has already been done yay you found it yeah but I imagine they've been written with the literary talent of. Uh, of uh well they're not they're Steph actually not very, their formatting leads me to think that they're not oh man there's even more okay anyway we're gonna stop before the hazards of reincarnation no are, let's stop right yeah now. Let, let's yeah we'll, we'll stop anyway so at least we know that some people tried to do it and that's well as as dr malcolm <laughs> says just because you could doesn't mean you should Oh, whatever. <laughs> like I said, I enjoy I enjoy fan fiction on this like horrible level. So, oh, but anyway, um, I'm going to finish up Robin and the Dreamweavers, and I will let you know my final reaction on that. Uh, and, and apparently, the animation is different than what was in the music video. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, is actually better than the music video. Like the music video is lo- is like basically Tiny Tunes, and the uh. The TV series is more like uh, Brave Star, you know, more realistic looking character designs as far as the humans go. Oh, uh, yeah. And then there's a CG car, which is pretty bad. 
Yeah. So I'm going to watch the rest of it and we'll see we'll see where this goes cuz uh right in the right in the yeah. garbage bin. Yeah, probably. But anyway, it is just like okay, so we go from like human character human character and then there's a little rabbit critter. I don't know what's going on with the rabbit critter. Ah! I don't know. It, I'll, I'll I'm hoping to have it um watched hopefully by tomorrow. But uh, something we're working on right now is um, it's going to be called Montrose is Watching. And of course, you know, you just put it in the same way. And we'll be able to sync up, uh, like, viewings. So maybe we can uh, all watch it together. That'll be perfect, Neil. That sounds good. And we can record, record a commentary track. Yes, because I, 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 I think maybe take some excerpts from us watching just because, like, us watching it the whole time would, you know, not be terribly interesting, but like some of the best comments from it. Cause like, you're going to have some reactions like what, what, <laughs> especially, especially the CGI test. It is, it is, um, yeah, <laughs> very, very, uh, let's say it is, um, very representational of its period. Ouch. Yes. But yeah, let's Is get it start. better or right. worse than the CGI in Golgo 13? Ooh, uh, <laughs> it's pr- it, okay. It's like Saturn quality. I'll put it Ooh. that way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it's it's a triple X test scene, Neil. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. So we're gonna tape y'all's reaction like to this because this is this is. Pretty good. Pretty who good. Said, who said the torture porn uh, genre was dead? I'll, I'll let y'all know as soon as I've got Montrose's watching up. So, all right. right. Well, I'll talk to y'all later. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Okay. Uh, this this one is very happy to have you, Degazaro. That I am. Oh, no problem, Degazaro. <laughs> <laughs> we we never talked. We never discussed the, what Degazaro meant, but. Uh, because what does it mean? It means like if that is so or something. Yeah, it means if that is so. It's basically basically yeah. samurai speak in a very particular way where where they. Yeah, it, it's from it's from where desu comes from, like originally. Like des is actually like a shortening of that. I think if I remember correctly. At but least yeah, at de, least it's not believe it. Yeah, de Gazaru, which uh oh god, what was that the the monk from. Fushigi Yugi said that all the time. That it's, it's actually so, lots of lots of old samurai sure. films. Even even the Kurosawa yeah. films have the samurai using that because it's a very old. Oh yeah, yeah. I know, I know that, but speaking. I'm just saying like I, the two characters that always sit out in my mind are Tachiri and um and Kenshin and saying that. But Sesha is pure Kenshin because Sesha is the most polite way to refer. to Oh him. yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. referred to himself like that, but Tachiri never referred to himself like that. But he never. But, I imagine he never used or either because or no, is very rude. No, no, no. Chichiri didn't speak like that. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, I have to get off, but uh, I will talk to y'all soon, and I will see you in the chat. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. Later. <laughs>